Welcome home, everybody. You're watching Legacy Television. We're Jeremy and Sarah Pearsons. And as always, we're so blessed that you are in the house today, in the house of faith with us. And we are going to get into the Word of God today. And I want to make sure, if you can, make sure you join us over the next several weeks. We're beginning something today that I know is going to have an impact on your life, but you're going to have to stay with it. It's like anything in the Word of God. You've got to make a commitment to it because He has made a commitment to you. And the people, like our pastor always says, the people who do this, not just the ones that hear it, the people who do it, they're the ones that get results. Let's pray together. We're going to get right into the Word. Father, we love you and worship you today. You are such a faithful Father God to us. And we come boldly into your presence. We come boldly before your word. And in Jesus' name, we have eyes that see. We have ears that hear. We have hearts that are open and ready to understand. We see Jesus in your word today. We hear his voice, the voice of our good shepherd who calls us by name, who leads us out. That's the voice we hear. And our hearts understand more today about who we are in Jesus, who he is in us. And we thank you for this. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Sarah, I want to get into the word today and um, just see where the Lord takes us in this. But you know, there has been something that has stirred in both you and I for a long time now uh, in regards to our assignment for our generation and what the Lord wants us to do in this ministry. And I, I believe that every minister uh, shares in this. And it's like what the word says about David. He served his generation. And I don't know when it was that you and I really came to grips with that. It's been several years now, but as the the ministry assignment and the vision has become more clear. I think that's become probably the most clear thing for us, and that is to serve our generation. Mm -hmm. And it's to serve our generation with the Word of God. That's what a minister is, and that's what a minister does. A, a minister is somebody who serves. That's what that word literally means. And you're not a servant to someone unless you have something that they need. Mm -hmm. So I really believe that's who we are. That's what we are. That's what we do in and through this ministry. That's what this broadcast is all about, is it's about serving people, but specifically serving our generation with the Word of God, teaching them to live by faith in the day of grace. I mean, that's the vision of this ministry, and it's to serve another generation with it. And part of that is to... The, the responsibility to look into the Word of God, find out who God is, find out what God wants to do in our lives, find out His character, what He's already done through Jesus, and what the result of that is supposed to be, what it's supposed to look like in our lives. And part of that is you and I prospering in our lives and prospering in this ministry, but then turning right around and teaching a whole other, whole other generation how to do the same thing. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think I would have ever said that I was running from that. I mean, would you say that? I would never think that, that I would try to not do that. But at the same time, I think something really just clicked for both of us in the last several years where the Lord was saying, I want you to find this in my word for yourself. I want you to walk it out yeah. for yourself. I want you to prove it and I want you to preach it. Yeah. And that's what's become really strong in us probably more today than even in recent weeks or months. But part of it, I think, is because, and we may talk about some of this on the broadcast, but I, I feel like you and I right now have just stepped into this 
whole other level of the goodness of God. And it just comes from year after year after year of believing how good he is. And we're watching his prosperity show up in our lives. And I want to take some time and look in the word today. And, And I know you've got some amazing things on your heart too. So let's just Let's just go where the Lord wants us to go in this. But that's, that's really what we want to do is take these next several weeks and we won't say everything there is to say. We don't know everything there is to know. Well, one thing that's cool too is we've talked about recently, we just got a new house and it's just been the blessing of the Lord. But what, we, what I felt like when I told you, the Lord dealt with me that we had to reap yeah. this house and this blessing for our generation's sake, yeah. not just so we could have something nice, but we had to reap when we sowed. Yeah. And if we didn't reap, we wouldn't have a story to tell. And if we didn't reap, we wouldn't be able to give God glory. Yeah. So a lot of your prosperity is not just tied in our prosperity. It's not just, just so we can have things and that we can be blessed. It's so that we can give God glory and sure. show and demonstrate the goodness of God in real life situations. Yeah. So, yeah, that's so good. We had awesome. to do it. Yeah. That, that was what was really resonating in me today, too. This generation must prosper. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. If you're watching this broadcast and you would consider yourself like one of us, the part of this generation, and really whatever generation you're in, you need to know this. You must prosper. Yeah. And part of that, I believe, is because you and I are part of what I think is a very generous generation, like a uniquely generous generation. And I see such a propensity in and among our friends and the people we run with to give. It's almost like it comes very easy It's the nature of God. It is the nature of God. Yeah. And when you, the thing, thing about it is, is we have to learn as a generation how to how to give and sow and also how to receive and reap. Yeah. Because the truth is, God's way is that we would sow and reap. Yeah. And what does the Bible tell us in Luke? Give and it shall be given to you. Yeah. Good measure, pressed down, shaken. He has a way of doing things and we need to learn that yeah. and do what he wants us to do, even if it doesn't make sense. And even if the whole world is against it, even if a lot of the church mm-hmm. is opposed to it, what does the Bible say about prosperity? Yeah. And, and we're going to have to go to work right now changing our mindset, even about that word, yeah. prosperity. What a goofy, messed up world slash church we live in when the word prosperity is a dirty word. Yeah, it's a Bible word. It's a Bible word. It's not dirty. Mm-hmm. It's not sin. It's not wrong. And, and I'm not going to shy away from it. No, it's a blessing word. I'm not going to try yes. to find some sneaky way <laughs> of, of squeaking a prosperity message in and shrouded in other terms. No, it's the goodness of God. Yes. It's his desire. It's not just his ability to bless you, but it's his willingness and readiness to open up the windows of heaven above you and pour you out such a blessing that there is no room enough to contain it. And that's how bold we're going to be about it. You know, the truth is, don't we have a God that is big enough to heal our bodies, Mm -hmm. to bless our relationships, to bless our marriages, and also to be involved in our finances? Isn't he big enough to take care of every area of our life? Why would we want to leave him out in one area because, oh, we just, we don't want to go there or that's not as important. No, 
God is concerned with our whole prosperity, yeah. spirit, soul, and body, our whole man. It's whole life prosperity. Yeah. And that's one of the things we've got to go to work on right away is changing our mindset, not just about the word prosperity, but what it actually means. Mm-hmm. Because I guarantee you, as soon as you and I start throwing that word around, prosperous, prosperity, prospering, that's the first thing that comes to people's mind is what? Money. Mm-hmm. That's always what comes to somebody's mind. And while it's, sure, a part of it, we're going to have to go to work right now changing that. And that's what's going to, the bulk of these broadcasts over the next several weeks are going to be about that one thing right there. Undoing some of that thinking to where when we say prosperity, Mm -hmm. that you you recognize that sure money's included in that, but that's not the first thing it means. That's just a fruit. It shows up. Let's look at this out of um, 3 John, a verse I know so many people have heard, so many people have preached on it, but I want to look at it again, and I want to ask that the Holy Spirit just give us fresh eyes to see some things in this today. You know this out of 3 John, just one chapter there. Look at verse 2. He says, well, just back up. Let's start in verse 1. It says, the elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. I, I love, every word of this is important, and there's no wasted word in Scripture, Everything that's coming in this letter is coming out of the heart of an elder. That's how John identified himself here, the elder. And you got to understand that this was being written like towards the end of his life. We're talking about the winter season of his life. And so not only is he an elder, that's not just the position he holds in the church. It's an actual reference to the season of life he's in. He's an old man by the time he's writing this. And the thing that is so special to me and has become more special to me about that whole idea, especially when you start talking about legacy, and that's something we talk a lot about around here, legacy television, the legacy letter, inside legacy studios. That's not just a word we throw around. It's a word that actually means something to us. And what that has come to mean to you and to me is that we hold on with purpose to the truth and the revelation that has come through the generations that have gone before us. The only reason you and I are able to sit at a table and look in a camera and preach all over the world is because the men and women of God and the generations that have gone before us did this when it wasn't this easy, did this when it was difficult and there was opposition like crazy in their face and still they persevered. And that's why you and I can sit here. And and when we talk about legacy, that's what we're talking about. Talking about honoring the not just the people that have come before us, but the revelation that's come out of them. So while we honor them and hold on to that, the flip side of legacy is there's a generation coming after us. We're, we've got two of them growing up in our house now, little Justice, little Jesse, and our whole lives are revolving around making a way for them. That's legacy, the one you keep and the one you leave. Yeah. And I think in light of all that, we have come to so value and so honor the voice of our elders. And you're taught that as a little kid, respect your elders, listen to your elders. And you hear it so much as a little kid that it almost becomes annoying to you. But by this time in our lives, we're in our 30s now, you actually come to realize, wow, they're really brilliant people. You kind of get through the phase (laughs) of, I know everything. And then you come out of that late 20s maybe, and you realize, wow, I'm an idiot (laughs) and I really need some help. And that's when you really fall back 
on those words that, that were given to you even when you were young. And it's the voice of your elder. And what I want us to realize that everything that's coming out of the heart of John in this letter is coming out of the heart of an elder. And he says in verse two, beloved. Oh God, we could just hang out on that word right there. Beloved. I don't think John wrote this knowing, okay, one day this is going to end up as scripture in the holy written word of God. He's writing a letter to somebody, but it is no less inspired by the spirit than anything else in here. So when he wrote beloved, it wasn't just John writing to this guy that day. This is God writing to us and calling us beloved. And it's out of that love, he says, I pray that yeah. you may prosper. Oh, there's that dirty word, prosper again. There, what, what's God doing putting that word in the Bible? Come on, you got to get over that. Just get over it. Beloved, I love you. That's what beloved means. I love you. And I pray that you would prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Again, that's the voice of an elder. And to me, an elder is somebody who been there, done that, lived a long, full life, and towards the end of it, they are somebody that can look back on life and tell you what is truly valuable. Sometimes we need the voice of an elder to tell us what's truly valuable because so many people like us in our generation were working and sweating and toiling for a living and it takes the voice of an elder to say, yeah, look, I know money's important. I know you need it. I understand all that, but it's not more valuable than your relationship. It's not more valuable than your family. Sometimes it takes the voice of an elder to tell you your money, it's important, that's great, but it's not more valuable than your time. That's a voice of an elder that would share these things with you. And that's, I believe, what we're hearing coming out of the heart of John. Beloved, I pray that you prosper in all, in all things, but here's, here's where that voice of maturity comes in. Even as your soul prospers. Prosperity in God is just like everything else in God. It's from the inside mm -hmm. out. Inside out. Mm -hmm. Everything in God is inside out. Yeah. Now, you can take that to mean one of two things and they'd both be right. Inside out meaning there is a work going on in you. That's where the seed uh, was planted in you. The seed of the word of God got planted in you. It took root in you. It, it sprouted up in you and it's supposed to produce something on the outside. What God is doing in you is supposed to overflow out of you. So from that standpoint, it absolutely is inside out, but it's also inside out when you compare it to the way the rest of this world thinks, mm -hmm. especially how they think about prosperity how they think about financial increase. Mm -hmm. God's way is totally, completely, 100% inside out. Yeah. In other words, it's totally backwards from the way the world yeah. thinks about it. We might get into this, but this is just an example of it. I mean, what is, what is God's prescribed method of increase? Mm -hmm. If you do what? If you give. If you give. His prescribed method of increasing, of letting having go, more, letting it go, is letting go of what you've got. How so cool? How messed up is that? If you're a 
living in this world and that system and the thing that you, everybody's brought up to believe, and that is if you want something, you better hang on to what you've got. The cool thing about that is that it is, he does that, God has done that, so that we would become some, we would be enlarged on the inside. Yeah. And it has to do with, he's helping us. Yeah. When we let go of something that we think we have to hold on to, it does something on the inside of us that makes us look more like him. Yeah. I mean, what did he do when he gave us Jesus? He gave us his greatest gift. He let go of the one thing that he loved the most yeah. for us. And, and what, 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 I mean, that's just his nature. Yeah. So when we give, we look like him and we, we begin to, we become like him on the inside. Giving makes you tender yeah. on the inside. It makes you free what would it feel like if you had to hold on to something all the time or you always had to keep and 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 you would be small on the inside yeah. but God's way is to expand us yeah. so that we so that we can freely give freely let things go yeah we're going to have to get into that because that's such a huge part of prospering outwardly is you've got to start prospering on the inside and when he wrote to us about our souls prospering. I think I grew up with a limited understanding of that. I, I always imagined that being, okay, if I want to, if I want to prosper outwardly and I want to have nice things or whatever, then what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to get a vision of myself, um, you know, prospering. I got to be able to close my eyes and see myself prospering, having this, having that or whatever. I, I, I don't think that's a really good illustration of what he's saying. I don't believe that prospering in God is just about you and I having a really good imagination yeah, or being able to daydream really big. It's about being healthy. Well, it, yeah, and, and there's an element of it that's true, you know, being yeah. able to see yourself that way. But it goes back to this. Where does that picture come from? Yeah. Does it come from you dreaming it up? It doesn't, because if you put this verse back where you found it, we've done so much, uh, sometimes harm to ourselves and to our understanding of these verses, and we just take one verse out and we don't look at what was going on around it. Third John verse two, I think, has been pulled, so pulled out of context that you forget. It goes right into verse three when he said, I rejoice greatly when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth, I've no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. John wrote to him and said, I found out your soul is prospering. Mm -hmm. See, these traveling preachers had gone to where this guy was and brought back word about him and said, this guy, Gaius, he's heard the truth. He received the truth. Well, what is the truth for us? What is it? It's the word. Mm -hmm. It's the word. So somebody with a prosperous soul isn't just somebody who can daydream up a really good picture of themselves living in a nice house, driving a fancy car, wearing nice clothes. Yeah. That's not a prosperous soul. Mm -mm. A prosperous soul is one that has heard the word, mm -hmm. one that has believed the word, mm -hmm. one that word. is exactly that, being a doer of the word, walking in the word. Mm -hmm. And if you'll get the word in you, the word will begin to paint a picture of you. Yeah. Living prosperous, yeah. living big, living generous. Yeah. The word will paint a picture of you letting go. Yeah. I had this picture come to mind as we were praying over these broadcasts just over the last 
several months. I've, you, you know this. I've gone back into flying and getting my pilot's license again and all that kind of thing. And when I'm flying, I'm sitting there in the left seat and my instructor's there in the right seat. And he's given me instructions on what to do. Especially when I first got back in the airplane after years of not flying, he would, he would reach over there. Hold your hand up like you're holding the yoke of an airplane. He'd reach over there and hit my hand all the time. He'd say, relax, relax. And I'd look down and I would have this death grip on the yoke of the airplane. And I'm not really paying attention to what I'm holding on to. I'm, I'm more like looking at the instruments, looking outside, looking at the attitude of the airplane. Am I straight? Am I level? Am I in my 30-degree bank, 60, whatever? And he's, he reaches over there and just hits my hand and says, relax, relax. And I look down and my knuckles are just white. <laughs> and there's no more feeling in my hand because I've held on so tight. And... In praying over this, I felt like that was such a crystal clear picture of the way people have done with their finances, with the things that God himself has brought into their hands. If you live small on the inside, number one, that's a revelation that the word hasn't taken root in you. You're not walking in the truth. Mm -hmm. And people have held on to what little they've got with such a death grip. Mm -hmm. And I think God is just saying the same thing my instructor is saying, just Relax a little bit. Yeah. Just relax. Just let go. Yeah. Let go. Isn't that so a picture of rest, though? It is. And rest is a healthy soul. A prosperous soul is a soul that knows how to rest. Yeah. Like, if you think about in Psalm 23, it describes our good shepherd. Mm-hmm. Jesus One of is a beautiful picture of him. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters. What is that? Rest. rest, He makes me lie down. He makes me lay down and rest. Yeah. In green pastures, he restores my soul. Yeah. Restoration is rest. It comes from rest. Yeah. But it's got to come just like everything in God. Just like our salvation. That was not from the outside in. Our healing. That's not from the outside in our peace, our joy, anything that has come to us as grace. And what is grace? It's any gift that came to us from God to us through Jesus. That's grace. But all of it has to take place from the inside out. Your prosperity and mine has got to come from the inside out. And this is why more people are not prospering in God is because everything on the inside is unseen. Mm-hmm. And the thing that has their attention yeah, is just what's seen, mm-hmm. just what you can feel, just what's in mm-hmm. this natural physical world. But if we would learn to put more value on the unseen and learn to recognize that the prosperity of our soul is way more important mm-hmm. than the prosperity of our bank account. Mm-hmm. And that if we get this right first, it will affect mm-hmm. everything else in this life. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Legacy TV podcast. We hope you enjoyed this. And if you'd like to hear more of Jeremy and Sarah, subscribe to this podcast and download the Legacy Studios app. From there, you'll have access to the Legacy Television broadcast, the Legacy Letter magazine, and so much more. You can also visit pearsonsministries.com to contact us directly and find out how you can get involved with everything that's happening here at Legacy Studios. Be blessed today. We love you. Remember, you are always welcome here in the House of Faith.